A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everybody, from two very COVIDy humans. <laughs> I am joined, as always, uh, with Squish. Squish is in the States. The last time we heard from him, he was heading off on his big adventure. And Squish, what the hell happened? I immediately caught COVID. <laughs> like, immediately caught COVID, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it must have been either on the plane or th- in the airport or something, but yeah, no. <laughs> A couple of days after I arrived, straight into straight into isolation, but it's okay. I'm here. Where are you now, and how are you feeling? Um, I feel like I'm getting better. The first couple of days were definitely the worst. Now, now it just feels like a head cold, cold, but um, bit sniffly, but I'll be okay. Nice. Um, so the entire Cisco team at the moment has COVID. Rubes and Liv came down with it a few days ago, and I this morning, which is a few days before you're listening to this, did test positive as well. So, you know what? Testing positive, staying positive, feeling like I'm fooling myself into being absolutely fine right now. <laughs> I was going to say, Lucy, you, you certainly sound a lot better than I do. I know. Well, Nick, it's just I'm, ha- I'm doing a little bit of mind over matter. I definitely feel like I'm early into it, so it could get worse. It's a bit head coldy. It's a bit like I want to go to sleep, but also... We've just got a job to do, don't we? We've just got to keep doing it. So honestly, if you're not going to become a Cisco supporter for this, then like, what more can <laughs> what we more possibly do? We have to do? do? <laughs> Literally. So Nick, today's episode of The Shit Show is going to be a little bit different because I am going to carry the actual news stories because luckily, while I was feeling fine, I was writing the newsletter, which means I was reading the news, but you are going to start us off with the weirdest thing maybe you saw on the internet this week? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time on the internet, as I've been doing not much, Um, and the weirdest thing that I saw was... Didn't want to write a shit show script, though. (laughs) Too much brain powerless. So true. The weirdest thing I saw was that Dolly Parton is to star in a musical on TikTok about Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. Doja Cat is as well. Yes, Doja Cat is as well, um, because it's inspired by Victor Kundra's music video in March, um, parodying what like a dress rehearsal of the musical would look like, and that was based off Doja Cat's catchy jingle um, shared on TikTok. Did you see what she um, said before releasing the jingle? No, no, what did she say? She, she filmed a video being like, um, just letting you know, I'm a, I'm about to release a jingle and I usually tell my staff never to use the word jingle and this is all contractual, like Loki, I don't want to do it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> is that what Doja Cat said? 
Yeah. <laughs> Dolly Parton said that she um she loves Taco Bell. Um, and is a massive fan of... This is all because they're bringing back the Mexican pizza. Um, she said in an interview in January, she said that they used to make like a little Mexican pizza, which is also good. I love that. I don't know. It seems like it's all set up, but it seems like it happened naturally. Oh, no, it's definitely all set up. There's nothing natural about people making <laughs> a, a TikTok musical no, I feel like it all, just, it all just came together perfectly. No, Taco Bell you and are, Dolly Parton started okay. talking about the pizza. I don't know. I haven't read too much into it. I just thought that was really weird. Yeah, that is weird. My weirdest thing is Spotifictional. Have you heard of Spotifictional? Huh? So it's like a version of Spotify that's made just for fictional bands like Mouse Rat from Parks and Rec and <laughs> like Hannah Montana and all like your favorite movie, your favorite fictional bands, which is like my favorite genre of movie is a musical with a fake band and Spotify fictional is literally a version of Spotify, which is just for the fake bands. And I love it. I can tell. Oh my God. Um, I'm trying to think of some fake bands. Did they have a fake band in Camp Rock? Because all, I mean, all of those songs should be on there because they're all made up characters. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They had Connect 3 from Camp Rock. Um, they have, like, Girls 5 Ever. They have Ellie, her album from A Star Is Born. Nick, they have Connor For Real, Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping. I was thinking of the pop star, the pop star movie. Honestly, they've oh, they've got the B, the B Sharps from The Simpsons. I was going to say, do they have the um, the, the NSYNC ripoff from The Simpsons when Bart was trying to convince everybody to join the Navy. That's another really niche Simpsons reference. <laughs> join the Navy. There's my covid <laughs> singing from Run That I Know already loves it. So anyway, my weirdest thing is Spotify Fictional, but I also love it and I think you should all go and have a look at it. It's cool that your weirdest thing is an actual thing and not just a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. It's also cool that mine is not just like brand sponsorship that we've chosen to give on the shit show for free, like Taco Bell. Ah, uh, look, it's a new genre. It's it's musicals on TikTok. Where it's the bad bitch genre. <laughs> Move on. Have you heard that TikTok? Yeah, of course I have. Uh, okay, let me get into my first um, news story. I'm just going to give a bit of an Elon update. So the first Elon update is that he would, in fact, allow Trump. Uh, to go back on Twitter should he, you know, take over as as he would like. So basically he said this, I do think it was not correct to ban Donald Trump. I think that was a mistake because it alienated a large part of the country and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. So first of all, like interesting choice of um, words. I do think it was not correct. Like, why don't you just say Donald Trump shouldn't have been banned? That's kind of how, how I speak, so I get it. Oh, God. <laughs> Using lots of double negatives. You just want to be like Elon Musk. Yes, I'm going to try and put on a funny accent like his as well. This isn't my COVID voice. This is my pretending to be Elon Musk voice. No, yuck. We have enough Elon Musks in the world with just one. Anyway, he went on to call the ban of Trump morally wrong and flat out stupid, which is, um, as I said in the newsletter, a group of words that we could use to describe another one of Twitter's recent decisions. What one? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Don't worry, though. We have mentioned on the shit show before that Trump actually just wants to stick to Truth Social. Though, if he was allowed back on Twitter, I low-key reckon he'd use it. He would, wouldn't he? He'd come back. He so would. So the New York Times also got 
a pitch deck from Elon, like his plan for what he would do should he get to take over Twitter. Um, And I'm just going to give you a few of the bullet points about what Elon wants to do. He wants to (laughs) contwubble. He wants to contwubble. No. He wants to quintuple revenue to $26.4 billion by 2028. He wants to do this by relying way less on revenue from ads. He really wants advertising revenue to fall to 45% of total revenue. Right now, um, it makes up 90% of total revenue. So that's interesting. He wants to reach 931 million users to 2020 by 2028. He also wants to have 104 million subscribers for this mysterious product called Product X, or that he just refers to as X. We don't know what this product is. It's kind of huge to want to get 104 million subscribers to something that doesn't exist, but do you have any ideas of what it could be? No, not really, but in his, um, in like the, the SEC filings, he called buying Twitter his Project X, so it could be something, I mean, it's obviously going to be something related, but yeah. I mean, he calls everything X. He even called his son X, didn't he? Or no, maybe I'm wrong. His first, his first like company, or his first, like PayPal was originally X.com. Okay, so. So, I don't know, there's, at least there's a bit of history there. X, 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 Gossip Elon. <laughs> no, that was not good. <laughs> that was not good. Um, anyway, there's a bunch more that he wants to do that's in the pitch deck, but just know that the man has plans, and also you can read all about it in the Cisco Daily Newsletter. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now, before I get into my next story, I'd actually like to hear from our sponsors this week. So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay and every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Uh, it's always funny hearing from um, yourself, but you're welcome. We need your support, everyone, please. Um, my next story is I'm just going to give a, a list of the countries, a list of the companies that are helping their employees pay for abortions because I thought 
it was good to note and good to note who hasn't really said much on um, what they're going to do for their employees in the US that maybe can't access abortions or maybe won't be able to should Roe v. Wade be overturned. So Tesla, which is based in Texas, who we know already have um, some fucking strict abortion laws, Tesla have said that they'll cover travel and lodging costs for employees to receive health care not offered in the states they live in. Apparently this policy has been around since 2021, which is, you know, good for them. Citigroup and Yelp have also offered to cover cover travel and travel expenses for employees seeking abortions that, again, aren't offered in their home states. Amazon, Apple, and Levi, Levi Strauss & Co., again, they're going to offer reimbursements for employees who live in Texas to travel outside the state. Bumble and Match Group, who own Tinder, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, and Hinge. They've both created relief funds for people affected by incoming abortion laws. And Salesforce said it's willing to relocate workers from Texas due to Texas's new laws. So, I mean, that is quite a small list considering the amount of companies that operate within the US. Yeah, but that's that's some pretty... um that's some pretty big companies, though. Yes. So, I mean, we want to see things from, though, the likes of Disney and Microsoft and those other huge, huge um, corporations over there sort of at least taking a leaf out of um, these books. But good to see, and we'll keep you all updated. We'll also keep you updated on what's happening with Roe v. Wade. If you need a refresher, you should go and listen to Nick and I's last episode of The Shit Show. We basically answered all the questions that you might have, and I thought that was quite a good ep. Yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to it because I was there recording it, but it felt good at the time. I mean... It's so true. You should be going based off your real-world experience rather than the recorded (laughs) version. So I'm glad you're listening in real time. And my third story is that both Hong Kong and the Philippines have new leaders. Neither of the new leaders are good, and both of them have cute nicknames. Yes, I I heard the... um the Philippines' new leader was the son of the previous dictator. So, I mean, that's like pretty extreme nepotism in a way. Yes, that is very extreme nepotism. And it's actually a fascinating story. And I'm not going to tell the whole story about now, but I will give you a little bit of background. So, essentially, we'll start with the Philippines. Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr. Bongbong. Bong Bong is his nickname. I don't know why. I have not looked into why, but that's his nickname. But it's like, let's not let Bong Bong detract from this the atrocities of this family. So Ferdinand Bong Bong Marcos Jr. is the son and has the same name um, as his father, the late dictator. Um, he's just won the presidential election in the Philippines, which is actually huge because... It is basically bringing the country back to, like, being led by the Philippines, one of the most notorious political families. So under his father, thousands and thousands of political opponents were tortured, arrested, disappeared. Um, It ended up that 
this family got ousted and basically they went into exile where um, his father actually died. They were also accused of stealing like a whole lot of treasure. Like there's just, there's so much that this family did that people are now terrified that the son is literally back in power. It's, I'm sure there's going to be a great episode on the daily about this. Um, I could probably do it better had I not contracted COVID, but I am going to persist. How did Bong Bong get into power? Well, Nick, social media, naturally. Social media played a big part here. There was a social media campaign to rebrand, 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 <laughs> literally to rebrand the old era of like his father's literal brutal authoritarian regime where like political opponents as i said before died it was a period of martial law there was human rights abuses corruption the economy basically collapsed but they tried to rebrand it as like a golden age sort of vibe and like they levied so there was so much like positive disinformation um in favor of bong bong and there was so much negative shit against his opponent that it's just like if you were making your decision solely off of what you saw on social media, it's just wild that a whole new narrative can be built just because of these campaigns. It's amazing what can happen when you slap a new logo on it, um, a new a new fancy typeface, and it's basically like a new product. So I can see how it works, but still, it's a hell of a glow up. Fuck. And and honestly, this is huge. And the and people that have been contacting me from the Philippines are really angry. They're really scared. Like. This family, like, it's a huge deal that this family, um, they were ousted, like, 36 years ago, and now, with with a rebrand and with the new son running for president, they are back into the presidential palace. They've never apologized for any of the abuses. They've never returned the treasure they're accused of stealing. It's just, it's a lot. So now we will move to Hong Kong, where... John Lee is set to take over from Carrie Lam, who is Hong Kong's current chief executive. John Lee is going to be the next chief executive, chief executive, which is a big step um, in terms of Beijing tightening its grip on Hong Kong, which is something that we have seen over the past few years that Beijing has really just wanted to make Hong Kong less autonomous and just like swallow them up into China and the CCP's regime. So just for a little bit of context, in 1997, Hong Kong was handed back to China from Britain, but under the agreement that rights like their freedom of assembly and freedom of speech would be guaranteed and that they'd sort of have their own territory, Hong Kong is called a special administrative region controlled by the People's Republic of China, but it has its own limited like autonomy well it should have there is a principle of one country and two systems so right now they are supposed to be separate from china in the way that they operate um however over the past few years it has seemed that china or beijing has wanted to sort of take these rights of autonomy away from hong kong and the election even though it wasn't really a like election in the way that we know it of john lee who was the sole candidate for this Mm -hmm. role is um sort of like not good for hong kong lee is known to be a super staunch like beijing supporter 
He was voted in by 1,500 other Beijing supporters. Like, it was very, like, it was China-led. Definitely. Definitely. He was also the head of the police at the time of some pro-democracy supporters in 2019. They were getting, like, tear gassed and water get water cannons, like, water cannons what? Squirted at them? Well, it's basically, imagine if a fire fire hose was, like, squirting at you. It would push you over and, like, send you back. It's kind of like a non-lethal, like, way of protest deterrent. Yeah, like, rubber bullets were being used and basically... John Lee was the one who sanctioned this. He allowed it to happen. He criticised the supporters. He was overseeing the crackdowns on the supporters of democracy. He's very... He, you can see where this is going. He's pretty pro-Beijing. He's a he's a China guy. He is a China dude. Um, His critics call him Pikachu, which is another nickname that's way too cute. Yeah. It's a play on his Chinese name, Kachu. But is also, um, but also, his critics call him this because they say he has a pet-like loyalty to Beijing. Not ideal if you are a um, democracy-loving Hong Kong citizen. Not ideal if you wanted to live your truth as a one-country, two-systems Hong Kong dweller, right? From what we know of China, though, that was never going to happen. Oh, I know. Uh, anyway, we need some good news, Nick. I am. Fucking fading. I hope everything I've said has made at least a little bit of sense up until now, but please give me some good news. Yes, I'm starting to fade as well, Luce. It's only been like 20 minutes recording and I can feel the energy sapping away. But anyway, I do have some good news. It's another dog. It's another dog story. So patron the bomb-sniffing dog received a medal from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky during a news conference on Sunday in, in recognition of his service to the country. So patron means ammo in Ukrainian. So this dog is credited with detecting more than 200 like undetonated explosives, so like mines. So so he's a mine-sniffing dog, and he's been doing this since the beginning of the war in late Feb. One of the quotes from patron's owner or operator or co-worker, I guess, patron just loves cheese. He is a very active dog that likes to have a good run with other dogs and then, of course, sleep. So... He just, I don't know, he seems very wholesome. A little cheese-loving, bomb-sniffing wheat doggo. Do you remember, Nick, earlier in the year, I think it was, when I talked about Magawa, the landmine-sniffing rat? Yes. Oh, do, you reckon, do you reckon they'd get on? I reckon they would. Well, Magawa, unfortunately, has passed away, but he also got a gold medal because, oh. like, for... Like, five years, he was in Cambodia where they have, like, the most... Cambodia and Laos have the most amount of landmines, like, undetonated in the world. And this little rat would go along and basically save people's lives by sniffing them out. So, Nick, I love that story. I love these animals. I love that this episode is nearly done, and I do not have a comment of the week. Do you? <laughs> no, neither do I. No. no. I feel like a failure, but I've it's been rough. No, and, like, I, honestly... Big pat on the backs for both of us. Like, we are straddling time zones and COVID and earpods not working. Next week is going to be perfect. Oh, next week is just, it's going to be amazing. But if you appreciate what we've done, one, you can go and follow the Shit Show podcast on Instagram. Two, you can read the Siska Daily newsletter, which I get up every morning to write for you. And three, you can become a Siska supporter because we're about to start giving out bonuses and it's going to be really fun and cool. And also, it means a lot to me that you will pay for what we do. And I love you. 
I love you too. Oh, okay, Squish. Let's go and get some rest and call it a day, Zah. Sounds good. All right, see you later, guys. Bye, everyone. Hey, that was actually good.